What's up, guys? Rick here with a very special episode of 300 Yards to Unknown. In this one, I get to speak with Victor Hovland. That's right. You know him, and I've gotten to know Victor uh, here recently. And as impressive as he is on the golf course, uh, he is equally as impressive off the golf course. He's a very thoughtful, kind guy with uh, a, a lot of really cool thoughts and ideas and viewpoints on things. So we obviously are going to talk golf, but we're going to talk a little bit about the mental side. We'll talk a little bit about his hobbies uh, and just whatever else comes up. So I hope you enjoy. All right, let me welcome in two-time winner on the PGA Tour. Throw another European Tour victory on there. All-around good guy, Victor Hovland. Victor, much appreciated you joining. Yeah, Rick, good to see you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, you, I have learned in recent weeks that you and I probably share, uh, identical YouTube recommendation pages. Like that's, that's like, like 100%. So I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah. I think we got a lot of the same stuff. I, I wouldn't say identical. I, uh, I listen to where I, I watch a lot of weird stuff. So, um, not sure I should disclose all of those things, but I, I'm sure we, we've got some similarities for sure. Yeah, very smart. And I know your taste in music uh, is is much different is much different than mine. So we'll stay we'll stay in the areas that uh, I certainly know and trust. Uh, first off, listen. Let's get let's get the business out of the way. Let's talk golf. Then we can talk about whatever we want here. But your uh, your 2021 year, we are we are barreling towards the end of 2021. Um, you've probably got a couple more events on the schedule. But how would you ha assess your play so far this year? Yeah, I'd say uh, it's been pretty good. Um, obviously, um, you know, picked up a win in Germany on the European Tour this summer, and uh, I feel like I've had a bunch of of uh, top finishes. Um, I would have liked to have, uh, you know, maybe won a couple of uh, tournaments here and there uh, this year, but um, it, it's it's really hard to win. And and just looking at kind of the stats throughout the year it's been pretty nice to see that every single statistical category I've improved since last year. So if I, I mean, if I can keep that up for a few more years, that's, uh, that's going to be pretty good. Was that a tangible goal? Did you go into this year saying, I want to improve my stats or are you just uh, looking back and saying, wow, it's nice. And I want to keep this trajectory going. Yeah. So uh, when I turned pro, I basically, did not want to mess with too much. Um, I, ha I had a nice college career and I was going to get a handful of starts on the PJ tour and it's basically, okay, well show us what you can do. Uh, so at that time, it's not really the right time to be messing with, okay, I need to start implementing this, 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 and this. You're just trying to play for, for uh, a tour spot, uh, whether that's the corn free tour or the mini tours or the PJ tour. So uh, I was very fortunate to, to get a PJ Tour uh, card my first year, and um, and then after playing that first year, um, I uh, I met Jeff Smith or started working with him, and uh, we basically just found a plan for every single part of my game and how we could uh, work to get every single part of the game better. Uh, so for for off the tee, I was already a great driver when when I turned pro, but um, I think since, since last year, I've maybe added 10 miles an hour ball speed. Um, and obviously I'm not hitting it as straight as I used to, but because length is so important, it's helping me off the team. Um, always been a good iron player, but I've, I've gained marginally since last year. So that's great. 
Um, chipping obviously is very volatile, but uh, I, I feel like uh, it's coming around. And um, also just looking at the stats this year has been overall better than, than my last year. And then putting, uh, just implementing aim point has, uh, has uh, helped me tremendously. Yeah, I've se- I've seen you out there doing that. And actually, I have to tell you, I played golf with Scott on Saturday and he was trying to he has no idea what he's doing. First of <laughs> he's all, but he's no, he's got he's, no touch. He's straddling the line. He has got no idea what's going on, but that's a very it's a very complex system, right? Like you have to get the feel in your feet for correct me if I'm wrong, different degrees of slope. I mean, it's a it's a pretty complex system, isn't it? Yeah, it's a percent slope. Percent. Actually. Excuse so, me, yes. Uh, we we have this um uh, uh device that we can kind of check the the percentage uh on the slopes and i use probably two weeks to kind of get a feel for you know what a one percent and a two percent and a three percent kind of feels like so when i got that in then it's just kind of remembering okay from 10 feet and in you stand by the ball and you have a certain arm bend for the 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 pace of the greens oh, and then okay um, yeah. <laughs> yeah so then you get into the technical stuff there but uh the most important part is just kind of if you can feel the feel the slope decently uh well on your feet that you know that that that's kind of the you know the 90 percent of it and then it's just kind of learning what you need to do with it Got it. Very interesting. It really, yeah, it's, I think in theory, uh, it makes a lot of sense to me in practice. I it's just, it it becomes practice. Yeah. Yeah, And it becomes learning what it is and do I trust my feet and all that stuff. So very cool. Very cool to hear. Um, I think it's, uh, interesting that we are, well, I'll just spoil when we're recording this. We're like two weeks out or a week and a half out from you getting to defend a title, Victor. How, you're going back to Mayakoba, which uh, it's shaping up to be a great field. And how will this feel when you step on the course as the defending champion? Yeah, it's weird. Um, <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, uh, you know, it's really cool. I, I got to play my first PJ Tour event there. And I also played the World Amateur Team Championships uh, the year before that, I believe, for, for Norway. Uh so I, I think it's going to be my fifth time wow. going to that resort and playing that course. Uh, so I kind of feel like a veteran, uh, which is uh, which is weird going to these tournaments. Um, and obviously, getting my first win in Puerto Rico, I wasn't able to defend the year after. Um, so this is uh, this is going to be special. Um, and um, yeah, just kind of interesting to see how I handle you know being the defending champion. Uh, you obviously feel like you get um, a bit more spotlight on you, but, uh, try not to let that affect me too much and, and just go out there and and play my game. The thing that I, uh, one of the things that I admire most about you is I think that you're very aware that you don't know how you're going to react in certain situations. Like you, I, to that, that response to me was like, yeah, I might get to Mayakoba and it might be weird and like, we'll see how it goes. And I feel like, I feel like that's actually a, a, a strength to have as opposed to just being blindly confident or blindly pessimistic or anything like that. You're, you're just aware that, Hey, I'm just going to be in the moment and whatever happens kind of happens. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it kind of goes both ways. <laughs> I feel like, um, being aware of these things and I don't really want to show up, uh, show up there acting like, okay, I'm the man to beat. And, uh, even though I 
I do feel like I'm going to bring my best game over there. And I, I feel like I'm playing well and can definitely win again. But uh, I, I don't have this blind confidence uh, going into a tournament. And it's sometimes it's kind of nice because uh, if you are struggling, you kind of uh, you have this kind of blind spot in your right. in your mind that you don't want to see it. All you're focusing on is, OK, I'm so great and I'm going to go out there and play good golf, whereas you know, I can maybe get too much on the other side where um, I may be overcritical or overanalyzing things to where, you know, I, I might not get uh, my best golf out uh, in the moment. So that's something, you know, it's a little double-edged sword. I'm very, I'm very analytical and I like to, you know, uh, critique myself. And if I made a bad play, you know, I, I'll make sure to tell myself that that was, that was not the right play or that was bad and I need to work on it. I need to get better. So that's helped me. And that's one of the reasons why I feel like I'm on the PGA tour, but then at the same time, it'd be nice to, you know, just think you're uh, the greatest of all time every single second. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. James Hahn, we might have to bleep this, but James Hahn's swing thought for a while was uh, I'm the greatest fucking golfer in the world or something. Really, That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, Hey, if that I mean, works there, for you. There's a time and place for that. You know, sometimes you've, you've done all your preparations and you know you're playing good golf and it's just a matter of, okay, I'm going to freaking get all my best stuff out there today and let's bring it, you know? So, uh, I, yeah, appreciate <laughs> that. That's that's awesome. I love that. So uh, diving into that a little bit deeper, I mean, you you seem to find – motivation in different ways. And I think you and I kind of align on this as well, where it's like, Hey, if somebody tells you, you can't do something that makes you want to do it more. Right. Because Maya Koba, uh, Maya Koba didn't go so great for you the first couple of times you went there. Right. Yeah. Uh, played my first tour event there and I was obviously very nervous. Um, <laughs> uh, missed a cup by shot. Um, felt like I, I played well enough to play in the weekend and, and that left a, a sour taste in my mouth. Um, coming back the next year, I really didn't, play all that great that time of the year kind of later in the fall and um i missed a cup i shot again there and and uh as i'm going through kind of the fall schedule thinking about okay what kind of tournaments i'm going to be playing in um and this is the year after uh so last year um my agent kind of suggested hey you you know you missed a cut here two times maybe maybe you should play another week and i just said no i know that course is good for me and even if it's not, I, I want to use that as kind of fuel for motivation to prove to myself that, you know, um, uh, that I can play well there. Because I, I, I get that there is a, a time and place for trying to optimize your performances at certain courses that you play well at. But I, I'm 24 years old, <laughs> and if if I concede to myself already that uh, I, I'm not going to go to that tournament because I can't play well there. Well, then I, I just, I have no confidence, but if I can use those places to where, you know, okay, I know that that place doesn't necessarily fit me well. If I can turn that into, wow, I actually, uh, I, I actually destroy that place or I, I played really well there. You know, that just gives so much more um, satisfaction out of it. And that's how you ultimately become better. 
Yeah, that's it's sick. It's awesome. The the idea and and for you, um, you know, you are uh, in a position that not a lot of guys on the PGA Tour. I mean, obviously there are guys, but there are some guys who have to play every single week. You are taking uh, with your great play and your early success. You have a chance to choose your schedule, and I imagine. It's hard and even hard in the moment, right? When you're maybe hovering around the cut line on a, on a Friday, knowing there's another event next week, I've got an, I could go to another one of these or like, I mean, how difficult is it to summon the motivation actually in the moment during the event? Yeah. Uh, this kind of goes back to, uh, me again, being pretty hard on myself. Um, because I, even though I put a lot of you know, I have a lot of expectations on myself to perform well. And when, when I don't perform well, um, you know, it's, uh, it can be difficult at times. Um, but at the same time, I, I really pride myself in, um, you know, making cuts and, and fighting for every single shot, just kind of thinking if I can, okay, let's say I'm in a 45th place at a tournament. If I can, if I had nine more holes to go, you know, I, I'm going to try as hard as I can to get that 45th place to a 32nd, you know, or whatever it might be. And then that becomes a 32nd to 24th and then so on and so on and so on. And you add those up throughout the year. Um, you know, let's say I'm, I'm sitting here before Christmas Eve and I'm just looking back at my finishes. You know, if I'm just seeing, OK, I made the cut, but I finished 72nd, you know, and I just remember, man, I, I could have. I could have, uh, you know, let's say I got in a 40 if there. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but just kind of as a tap on the shoulder, hey, you know, I fall for every shot. And, and uh, um, you know, it's it's a lot nicer to see that you actually, you you know, you might not have had a good day, but you're moving up on the leaderboard instead of just, ah, you know what, I'm going to mail it in, quit. <laughs> it's always next week. You know, that's just uh, that's a, a bad spiral to be in. That's cool. And it makes sense. And I appreciate that. And are you, are you a scoreboard watcher? Do you, do you know where you're at at all times? Yeah. Uh, it's hard. Uh, it's hard not <laughs> <Yeah>. to watch. <laughs> um, and that's something that's, uh, I've had to deal with a little bit more now in the, in recent times, I feel like, uh, I've been getting, you know, because I've already gotten two wins and one on the European tour and, um, now when I go to these tournaments, I, obviously I'm thinking about winning. It's not about, you know, um, you know, making the cut or, or whatever you want to win. Um, as soon as you get a little taste for it, that's, that's kind of all you want to want to do. But, um, and it, but it's, but it's tough because you, you might be playing an easier course and you have a early late tea time. And then suddenly on, you know, the second day, uh, the cut line's at five under par and you're at two and just knowing that, you know, there might be some wind in the afternoon. You have to shoot three under just to play in the, in the weekend. You know, that's, that's tough. Cause you're thinking, okay, second or third hole of the day, it's a par five, it's reachable. You know, there's not that many uh, birdie holes after that. So if I don't birdie this, it's going to be tough uh, to play after that. Whereas yeah. when I'm playing practice rounds or in contention or when I'm just relaxed, you know, I feel like I can make birdie anywhere on every single hole. So that's kind of the mindset that I that I need to um, uh, bring back to when I'm in those situations. Because it's very easy to think, man, you know, the leader's at nine under and you're playing in the, in the evening or the afternoon. And it's, uh, 
it's starting to blow up a little bit. Greens are getting firmer. And, it, you know, you just have to tell, your, tell yourself it's okay to, to not shoot nine under, you know? <laughs> Do you, uh, do you work with a mental coach? Because you are very aware of your, of your mentals. Uh, you mentioned you're 24 years old. Usually that comes with maturity and experience. Are you, do you work with somebody? I don't, um, I kind of think it's a little overrated. Okay. Uh, I'm not saying it's entirely bad, but I, I just, I think a lot of it is very, uh, common sense stuff. Um, and it's, uh, it, it seems that, you know, when you're playing bad golf, you're, it's always, or, often correlated with being uh bad mentally and when you're playing good golf you're somehow very strong mentally so it's uh you just got to take care of business but there is a sense of um you know there is an aspect to it where if you can try to make yourself feel comfortable and stuff that's that's obviously going to help yeah, well, you um, you could have fooled me. The reason I asked is because it seems like you are you're you know you come at it from a very even keel uh, position. So yeah, it, don't don't change what's working. Obviously, um, okay. One of our shared passions is uh, the game of poker, and I, I know why I love poker, Victor. Uh, I think I I think poker and golf have a lot of similarities. Um, they're hard to solve, right? There's mm. there's kind of unique situations all the time and you might only get one crack at it and then have to rely, you know, there's just a lot of mental side to both of these. Do you, do you see those similarities as well? And do you think that's why you and you enjoy poker as well? Yeah, I, uh, I honestly, I didn't see them that much, uh, really before I started playing poker. Uh, cause I, I've always, always known the game and kind of played casually when I was, uh, uh living in Norway in high school and stuff. But, when I came over here to Oklahoma State, my my roommate Zach Boshu, uh, he kind of really got into it, and um, he uh, he uh, uh, got me into it as well. And that's when you know, I started watching these videos, started reading stuff, and and um, and then kind of realized the connections to golf. Um, obviously, there's a lot of numbers and and uh, yeah. uh, you know in terms of strokes gained and and kind of what your percentages are to to win the hand and and whatnot. And, uh, I, I thought it was really cool that, uh, just kind of understanding that you can make correct plays, uh, and still lose. Cause that's essentially what the game of golf is. You can, you can hit a good shot and it might take a bad bounce and go in the water. And obviously that's frustrating, but that's where kind of the math is there to, to back you up. If you make the, if you continually make the right place over time and you have an edge, um, volume is the only thing that's gonna, you know, even out the, the variance. So, um, I, I think it's really cool to, um, you know, just to kind of understand how that works. And obviously it's, it's a game and it's fun. And it's, uh, I, I think it's, uh, it's another way to see kind of how you're improving. Yeah, there's uh, a lot you can control and a lot that you absolutely cannot control uh, in in both of in both of these games. So yes, uh, I will be uh, ripping my hair out and patting myself on the back when I get my money in good, and I'll just tell myself yeah. like, hey, like what am I what am I supposed to do? I got it. Is it, what it is. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, kind of in a similar uh, a similar vein. Obviously, uh, fantasy golf sites, obviously uh, gaming sites, betting sites, sports books have become more and more prevalent on the PGA Tour. That's something that would have never existed two years ago. The PGA Tour, one of the one of the later organizations to kind of get involved in and, and embrace this. And um, usually, when I talk to players about this, there's a couple of different 
viewpoints. One, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you don't care if anybody bet on you or put or put you in your fantasy lineup, right? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the number one thing is like I no one cares. Don't don't yeah. tell professional athletes uh, that you bet on them. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people seem to think that we do, but uh, <laughs> hey, it's at least nice to to hear that they have uh, faith in us. You know, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, and we try to you know what if we do well, then they do well, then it's all happy days. Yeah, it's nice that those things align. But uh, what we're starting to see on tour is uh, we're seeing purses increase. Uh, I, the players is going to be twenty million, which is absolutely freaking wild. Uh, and a couple other ev- events, even this week in Bermuda, that's basically doubled in size in the last couple of years. And I and I imagine um, that the tour is uh, seeing this potential partnership with with some of these companies to increase things for the players. Right? This is a players' organization. Do you think that that is a common viewpoint on tour amongst your peers, amongst your players? That this is all generally pretty good for the game. Yeah, I think the more, obviously, attention and the more people can, you know, have fun around uh, the, the event that's going on, uh, just more publicity, that's that's going to be better for, for all parts, I believe. Um, you know, bigger purses, uh, more people coming to events, it's, it's going to be more talk about it, more excitement. Uh, and that's also what we want, you know, we want to to have a chance to win the golf tournament uh, on Sunday and and make a putt to win the tournament and people just go crazy. And, right. um, you know, that's the more excitement, the better. So, uh, yeah, I'm all for it. I love it. Um, couple of uh, quick hitters before I before I get you out of here. Uh, you're playing a Titleist ball, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about this. The Titleist Pro V1 or the Pro V1X that I can go to Dick Sporting Goods or whatever and purchase uh, is generally not the ball that you guys are playing, right? There are additional variations of the Pro V1 that uh, you have access to that I cannot walk into and buy on off a shelf. Yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm not the I'm not the right person to ask here because uh, I do just play the the newer oh, version the, of the, the stock, the, just, just the stock one. So okay. you and I could potentially play the same ball here, um, <laughs> but I know that there are. I could be wrong, but maybe four or five different versions of the same Pro V1 ball, the left dash and the yeah. right dash. I, I, I don't know all the, the, the different combinations here, but uh, there's supposedly they're, they're pretty different as well. So, um, but uh, I, I had no problem with the, with the new Pro V1 and it kind of fit my, my numbers and, and the flights were great. So I've just kind of stuck to it. How often are you trying out new x wedges balls drivers is it a constant tinkering or is it like hey things are going good i'll worry about it later or like what's i imagine there's always something new that is available to you yeah um if if i'm playing well i'm playing well i'm not really gonna mess around with it too much but even if i am i might come to this new course and uh, you know what? I don't really need the three iron off the tee because I'm not going to hit it off the tee. Right. I might need something that I can hit up in the air and land it on the greens. Uh, and that's where, for example, recently I just put a seven wood in the bag. Um, and I've been very reluctant to, to put something like that in the bag, but I hit it a couple, a few times and I'm like, this is, you, you can't, <laughs> I mean, you can't miss this thing. So, <laughs> 
So uh, that will probably be something that I change uh, between, uh, you know, courses. Got but it. It, it's, you know, the, the, the golf is like my way of kind of thinking of trying to improve before a couple of years ago when I was in college, it was always, okay, I need to work on my technique and uh, it's got to look this and, and, and that and whatever. And, um, you know, I've kind of gotten to the point where there's not that much, it doesn't give me that much benefit to stand on the range and hit balls for four hours a day. Now it's more trying to optimize other things that I'm doing, whether that's um, clubs uh, and, or, or if it's sleep, uh, working oh, out, okay. um, you know, supplements that you can take that, you know, just enhances your focus or recovery, you know, just little things like that. And, and I've kind of something that I've kind of always pride, pride myself in is that, uh, I was never like, uh, you know, a star coming up or I was never looked at as, okay, this is going to be the next guy. Mm. Um, I, I've always just gotten a little bit better every single year. And I think we often kind of overestimate how much you can do in a day or two. But if you right. just add certain things into your routines that you do on a daily basis, you do those every day for months, years, whatever, it's it's going to add up. And I, I feel like that's uh, that's something that I've, I've done well. Just get 1% better every day for yeah. the next it's super, decade. It, it's super cheesy, but it's it's true. Oh, I think it is true. Um, I have, I've, I've got so many questions, but uh, <laughs> I, I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll be respectful of your time here. So, first of all, how far do you hit that seven wood? Uh, so in Vegas, it went pretty far. That's where I was doing the testing there. Um, it's going to go around two hundred twenty-five to two hundred thirty meters. So about oh, you playing meters? Yeah. So about two fifty. Oh, but Shay's yards. used to that, right? Because yeah, that's and he's normal. Australian, so they're uh, yeah, there are meters over there. That's what I mean. Yeah, that would be that would be comfortable for him. So so you guys talk in meters because some guys will do meters and then well, the, or the caddy will do it in meters, then has to translate it to yards. But you guys are both in meters all the time. Yeah, he's uh, he's used to that. One of his uh, former players that he used to work with uh, was in meters, so it, it wasn't a big change for him. Interesting. Okay. Um, would you rather? This is going to be a multi-part question. <laughs> Would you rather hit every single club 10, I was going to say 10 yards further, so maybe 12 meters further? Is that about yeah, right? Uh, it would be 9. Oh, I went, the, I went the wrong way. Okay, yeah, so 9 10%. meters. Yeah. So hit every club 9 meters further, or you make every single putt inside of 10 feet. Oh, that's, uh, uh, that's putting for sure. Okay. What would the the foot range be before it became? Before it goes the other way. Yeah. Um, like five. You just like even like even if it was five or six feet, like my again delving into the stats here, uh, my putting numbers have been pretty good, but I've I've struggled within kind of you know the the seven to five feet range. I've missed mm. a, a few too many putts uh, on average every round. So for me, that might be kind of disproportionately, it might benefit me more right. not missing those short putts versus hitting it, you know, 10 yards further, um, which is, is definitely going to help. But, you know, 
that's something that I have to, you know, the logistics of it, I have to, you know, what's the dispersion like, you know, and then what's the spin numbers and there's a lot of (laughs) of stuff that that goes on with that. So I I think for me, if I just don't miss a single short putt anymore, that's going to help me uh, help me quite a good bit. Okay, fair enough. Um, You are, I think I also saw you are in the field for Tigers event, right? For Hero World Challenge, which I imagine that's probably, so, so you're, I don't know if you want to share this. Your schedule is probably Mayakoba, Hero World Challenge, and that's it for the year, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm actually going to Mayakoba, uh, and then a week off, I'm going to Dubai for the for the, oh. the final over there. Okay. And then I come back for Thanksgiving, um, and then Bahamas. And then I've got a, yeah, then I'm going back to Norway. So there's uh, still uh, quite a bit of travel left. Yeah, man, you were going to be racking up the miles. I hope you got like the frequent flyers, man. Let's like, that's, that's yeah. a lot of travel, isn't it? I, yeah. I really wanted to go to Japan and play the Zozo event last week, but you know, with the kind of the remainder of uh, the, the flights that I'm, I'm going through, I, I felt like it was probably smart to just take that one off. What's your best travel tip? You travel a lot. There's gotta be, there's gotta be some type of travel life hack that you can share with the people. Uh, so I, I'm, <laughs> I'm really bad at just like falling asleep real quick. So jet lag is, is a crusher for me. I, I can't do it. Uh, but going back to this, like I'm trying to optimize things and sleep and stuff. I'm listening to this one guy. His name is um, Andrew Huberman. And I got it on. Um, he has a podcast where he just kind of talks about, you know, health in general. And the next title that I need, a, I was going to listen to was how to beat jet lag. So that one's going to, that one's going to help me a lot, hopefully. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it's, I've heard like you can time meals and stuff to kind of fit your normal circadian rhythm. And so you feel tired at certain times, but I, I, I don't know how that works. I just eat when I'm hungry um, and all that stuff. So I, I sleep when I'm tired and when I'm not, I can't really fall asleep. So I, I'm, I'm kind of screwed that way. Okay. Andrew Huberman. A- Huberman, yeah. American neuroscientist at Stanford. So sounds yeah. like he knows what he's talking about. Okay. That yeah. next episode that is, that is just for you. I'm going to add that to my, <laughs> to my list. Thank you very much. While we're at this, um, is there anything on YouTube I should be watching, uh, that I'm not like, what, what is, what is good on YouTube right now? I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you one. And, uh, I'll give you one here. There's a guy who, uh, have you ever seen this geo guesser guy? No, I have not. What is this? All right. So GeoGuessr is a game that is built on the Google Maps engine or that Google like street view. Like, you know, like you can drop your person in there. You can see like the street view. Okay. So what this game does is it drops you anywhere in the world and then you have to pinpoint your location and you can move around and you can read signs and you can like you know, look at the trees or where the sun, the position of the sun in the sky, and then you can like pinpoint your location. And so, so, you, have to, so you have to guess like where you where you are. Correct. How, how how good are these images? Is it just based off uh, Google Google Earth? Yeah. So or? it's just like Google uh, Earth or Google uh, Street View. So you can like walk around. Like you can go to the next block. You can turn around. Okay. You can look at you That's can look cool. at storefronts and stuff. So it's like super addicting. I'm terrible at it, but there's this guy, uh, Geo Wizard. <laughs> He's unbelievable, Victor. So he will like he will look at this and be like, oh, the first three seconds in, he'll be like, oh, those trees, 
like definitely Scandinavian. Um, okay. Yeah. This, you know, this, the sun is in the Southern hemisphere. So I must be in the Northern hemisphere and they're driving on the right side of the road. And like, if in like five That's minutes, cool. he's like identified where he, and I'm so addicted to his YouTube <laughs> channel now. I just like, let it run all day long. It's fascinating. That's- yeah, that's cool. Because that's stuff you can kind of use in everyday life as well. You know, you look at, you know, the signs or the language or the trees yeah. or whatever, you, you know, you learn something. So that's good. Definitely you might, be good, good, at, you to, might uh, be good at that. You've seen a lot of different places. You might be like, yeah. oh, this reminds me of Dubai. I think uh, I might be I, in Dubai. Yeah. I don't think I'm no wizard, but uh, <laughs> I, I think I could maybe manage a little bit. Uh, not with that attitude, you're not, but you'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll get there. Is there anything uh, that you're watching that you think I should be watching? Uh, uh probably, you're probably not missing out on anything <laughs> um but i do uh i for example we talked about poker i've been watching uh dan and legrano's kind of poker vlogs now with uh, the world series of poker going on um so i watched that and then um there's a channel called uh, more plates more dates and uh it's essentially a guy uh who talks about steroids and working out and stuff. And I'm just interested in, you know, kind of the perspective that he has with, you know, testing out certain things and, and what that does to your body. So uh, I'm interested in that stuff. Um, uh, this and, looks very, this looks very extreme, more plates. Like you'd like, it's like extreme <laughs> things that people do to their body. It looks like pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's interesting. Uh, and then kind of the, there's a couple of different, um, like reactors that I, I watch wow. because I uh, obviously I like metal music and every time there's like a new big single or an album that comes out, um, I'll like watch these reactors, listen to the whole album for the first <laughs> time. And I've, I've never listened to the album as well. So I'm like reacting with another person <laughs> to this <laughs> Uh, metal band that that we both really like or something. So I, I think that's pretty cool. Like that's yeah. something that's uh, goofing. Other people can't really relate to, but I think it's uh, that's like the, the few things that I do. Um, you know, when I'm not really playing golf. I love it. I love it. Are you caught up on uh, Dean Eggs's blog? I, I I'm one behind. I've not seen the one he posted today. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I just watched that one um, recently. So uh, no, he's he's doing good. Cashman. <laughs> Why does he have the RV? He goes to his RV. He just keeps I mean, that there. By... Yeah, that's pretty clutch, I feel like, yeah. because um, he doesn't have to drive from the strip all the way home. I don't know where he lives, but, yeah, um, you know, and, and chill if he's, you know, if he's playing, um, you know, Texas hold them no limit, 3K buy-in, and then he, right. and then he loses. And then instead of going home, he can wait two hours in his RV and chill and, and then enter the next time. So that's, that's pretty clever. That's, that's uh, next that's, level stuff. That's optimizing Victor. He's optimizing that's his experience. F- finding those edges. I love it. Uh, Victor Hovland, everyone uh, really appreciate you hop it on. Uh, I hope we talk soon and good luck. Yeah. Thanks Rick. Thanks for having me on. There you have it. Victor Hovland. Not often you get to talk to a top 20 player in the world who is going to be literally defending his crown at Mayakoba uh, in just a few days. So uh, really incredible stuff. Again, big thanks to to Victor Hovland there. Obviously, we'll throw our support behind Victor at Mayakoba and all the events that he has coming up. But let me know what you think about this uh, and these these interviews, these podcasts I've been trying to bring on um, new and interesting people kind of from all different golf and golf adjacent areas. Um, 
If you know anybody that would like to come on, obviously tweet me at Rick Run Good. Leave a comment below. Let me know what you think. Talk to you soon. See ya.